The following podcast may contain discussions supported by science that may be considered dangerous to some listeners and conspiracy theorists. Discretion is advised. The Three Down Greencast is brought to you by the Pile of Bones Brewing Company. Home delivery available in Regina at sassbeardelivery.ca. Welcome to the Three Down Greencast. You are listening to the internet's only You Don't Make Friends with Salad podcast. <laughs> I am Joel Gasson with John Fraser as usual. Um, as is a tend to be a trend lately, uh, we do have lots to talk about this week after. Um, maybe. it was a thing? Maybe. Rock bottom for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. <laughs> it's hard to say at this point, but um, to answer our question from last week, yes, it was weird to be optimistic after a 34-point loss. Um, <laughs> we'll just leave yeah. it at that, I guess, at this point. <laughs> did, 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 the, did the Fraser curse that I'm quickly losing control of and seemingly gaining power by the week strike this team down? Because that's the only logical explanation I could possibly see. It, it sure seems like it at, at, at this point. Yeah, 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 yeah. That so, is just the power of our boy. Mm-hmm. Coming I mean, up ice there, cold. Yes, there were there was one very large positive from the game, not from a rider perspective, but uh, from an elk's perspective, of course. Uh, before we get into all that, though, we have a weird conversation to have here, as okay. it's I don't know if it's really you know a strong or a good idea to come onto a podcast and um, make fun of the guy who's kind of your boss. <laughs> More so yours than mine. Oh, yeah, so. definitely. Yes, dev, I mean, unless we started making fun of whoever your boss is at ends Toyota, but I don't think we're going to be doing that today. Um. <laughs> I mean, we could, we could make fun of Darren. He is a Flames fan. <laughs> Super nice guy. Love the yeah. guy to death. But, yeah, we could poke, We could take some shots at Darren. I feel like he'd chuckle about it. He's got a good sense of humor. But, no, we'll focus on one boss at a time. We don't want to, like, yeah. both offend our three down boss and our real boss because then that would just be i just feel like that could end very poorly uh taking shots at both of them for a podcast i can already hear dunk if he actually listens to this podcast or not i don't know um say that he's not the boss but anyway uh (laughs) by title he is technically the boss even though he kind of lets us do whatever we want um so he was in town this past week, and I believe he was still here today as we recorded this on Sunday, because he did the uh, Saskatchewan Huskies game last weekend, yes. and then he was doing the Rams-Huskies game this past weekend. So rather than fly back and forth you know, within a few days, he decided just to come down from Saskatoon to Regina and spend the week here. Um, you know, rather than do, you know, right things like some teams do when they go east and they're playing back-to-back games, you just, right. it's not worth putting it on the travel, right? So... He had no reason to go back, so he stayed here for the week. Cool. Um, so that allowed him to actually, for the first time, uh, since they moved to New Mosaic Stadium, uh, that allowed Justin Dunk to take in a Saskatchewan Rough Riders game from Mosaic Stadium. He'd worked numerous Rams games and whatnot at the stadium before, but it was his first time actually getting to sort of cover and hang out with us in the press box as uh, we watched and made fun of the Riders and Elks on Friday night. <laughs> made Made fun of... Okay, two forty-six man rosters is ninety-two. <laughs> when you made fun of ninety-one people, because we all know there's one guy nobody was making yeah. fun of in that press box. No, absolutely never. Um, but this may have also led to what is perhaps a first, at least, in New Mosaic Stadium history, okay. because the food situation at Old Taylor Field was a little different. It was more varied because they could cook in house and you know do different things. Rules have changed. Regardless, don't really need to bore people with the details about this. Um, anyway, 
press box meal at halftime, generally speaking, is Western pizza. Uh, comes with um, sides like some chicken souvlaki and dry ribs and some wings and all that kind of stuff. And, of course, a Caesar salad. Right. And, you know, for the most part, I mean, when everyone goes up for their first helping, then you get a little bit of salad with it because, I mean, it's there. And their Caesar salad is mostly just the dreaded lettuce with um, cheese, a little bit of cheese, the dressing, of course, and croutons. But it's not it's not the cursed lettuce. So you can no. have that lettuce is OK. You can have a Western pizza Caesar salad. I've had one or two in my life. It's good lettuce. But There's we've learned we've there. learned enough over the last few years that any lettuce, you're still rolling the dice a bit. Oh, 100 percent. You are. Um, there was a story in the last couple of weeks of some woman who found a live frog in her lettuce. So <laughs> lettuce yeah. is just bad. Just let's let's just as a society come together and switch to spinach, spinach or arugula or something. Mm, yeah. Mm, anyway, yes. halftime starts to come towards an end. You know, we're kind of on the back a bit of it. You know, the, the dunk turns around and asks, is, "Is the line gone?" And I think uh, Brandon McGuire asked him in the bathroom. He was like, "No, no, no, the food line is." Yeah, yeah, it's gone. Right. You know, not unusual to go to check to see what's left. Uh, from what I've heard, actually, any sort of leftovers from the press box at halftime tend to make their way down to the TSN crew at the end of the game. So at least none of it goes to waste. Right. Um, so Dunk gets up, grabs his plate with him, goes to get some meat. And I believe for the first time ever, and I obviously have no actual, you know, statistical evidence of this. Mm-hmm. I think the guy is the first time anyone had ever come back with a second helping of just salad. <laughs> You don't make friends with salad. You don't make friends with salad. I, and if and like, if you and if you think I'm just bringing this up now, I know I said this to his face as well. Yes, I was like, I'm yes. pretty sure you're the first guy in the history of this press box to come back with a second serving of salad. And, and, have, and, have I grabbed maybe a little bit extra when I went back for maybe for a few more dry ribs and other slice? Sure, but never just a second plate of just salad. And then I of that, course, and then I was like, did you pick out the croutons? He's like, thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the part that I don't know if it's, if it's discipline or he's actually a robot or what. Because when I, I'm the same as you, like, mm-hmm. I'll go back for seconds and I'll see all the, like, deep fried goodness and the cheesy pizza. And, like, even on my second plate, I'll take that little bit of salad to make myself feel at least a little better. Even like, though, like, we all know Caesar salad is you might as well just be eating a side of fries. It's it's true. But <laughs> like... <laughs> it, it, it just it just brings that like yeah. that color to your plate, so you just don't, don't have this brown mass of like mm-hmm. artery clogging goodness. So I don't know if it shows just how disciplined Justin Dunk is to like walk by. By the way, I have never had a bad meal at Western Pizza, and maybe it's a Saskatoon thing, but like I love Western Pizza, mm-hmm. and I, I I never get to see it. We don't have one here. I adore Western Pizza, so. <laughs> The discipline it takes, the pure yeah. wherewithal, the absolute grit to walk by a delicious slice of Western pizza goodness and just fill up your plate with salad. Like, I'm actually, I'm I'm, I'm kind of impressed. Mm-hmm. I want to poke fun at him, too, <laughs> for being that guy. Like, like, yeah. like, like. In fairness, too, like, he did, for his first helping, did bring bring back a piece of pizza with him as well. And I believe I overheard him say to Jamie Nye, this was the first carbs he's had in a while. <laughs> like, J- Justin Dunk, if you were yeah. listening to this, let me talk directly to you for a minute. You showed up in Saskatoon, won a tennis tournament, just like for shits and giggles. Like, you and Darren DuPont just decided to show up, 
and you just are like, hey, I'm just going to casually win a tennis tournament on my days off between broadcasting gigs. Justin, you can have a carb. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> your, God, your, your godlike voice will not go away. Your hairline that is incredible and much better than mine also won't go away. Not because of that, at least, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. Just, just, just have a carb, Dunk. Have a see, and that's the funny thing is I had texted him once I realized he was in my city, but it was one of those he was calling the Huskies game. Yeah, and well, it was about ten o'clock when I realized it was him calling the Husky game, and I texted, <laughs> "Hey, next time you're in the city, we should get together." And I'm thinking, and like, I felt like there was this vibe of like, hey, why don't you come join us now that was about to happen. And I'm glad he didn't ask because I was definitely too drunk to drive by that point. Mm. Football's <laughs> on, you're a parent of three, you have two or three beers on a Friday night. So, um, but yeah, Dunk, have a carb. So does this mean, okay, if he, so he comes all the way out here. Mm. And because he hasn't had carbs, does that mean he didn't even try some of the great Saskatchewan beer? Or are we talking like carby carbs? I think carby carbs. Like I, I don't know. I mean, he like in the past, like I've gone for beers with him. Like he will drink beer. It's not a right. It's not right. like we didn't have a chance to meet up for beers this time he was in town. Right. But in the past, yeah, like I've gone for beers with him with McGuire and some of the other guys. We went to Pile of Bones that one night uh, last. I think we saw a couple times last year. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So I will just stick this at as a like in terms of like being concerned. That he might be a reptilian. <laughs> he does ingest carbs sometimes. The man is human. Uh, I'll allow it. Uh, just because, again, like this is like John Wick levels of sheer will. Mm -hmm. Right? What What is that line from? Is it? I think it's John Wick at, at one or two or three. I mean, they're all You're the asking same the wrong guy. I don't know. <laughs> Have you not seen John Wick either? Of course I haven't. I don't watch movies, man. You uh, gotta see John Wick! I don't know. I just have a weird thing about sitting down and watching a thing like a scripted show that's a movie, even oh, though I'll we'll gladly watch 16 hours of college football. <laughs> <laughs> but see, okay, John Wick is the perfect movie for a guy like you because you can be like, it is just like flashy, sexy action sequences hmm. and, and just Keanu being Keanu. And you don't really have to pay attention. The entire plot is bad guys kill his dog and he seeks revenge. Like, you can have that on in the background, like, while you're cooking or something and you won't really miss anything, just some cool visuals. So, like, John Wick is the movie for guys like you that don't really watch movies. Hmm. There's now, I, I don't yeah. know. I'm just it's not really into movies. What can I say? I, 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 I'm the same way. I honestly know. I honestly am. Like, I, I, but I've seen, like, I mean... You haven't seen Star Wars or John Wick or two very similar cinematic universes. <laughs> I once actually, and I've never been that guy to like, you know, put effort into going to a movie theater. Normally, it's like get me my comfiest shorts and uh, I can load up on popcorn. But uh, with some old coworkers, we actually went to the John Wick three premiere mm -hmm. dressed as various Keanu Reeves characters. Mm. I was uh, Constantine, so uh, there are photos of me with a smoke in my mouth. Uh, not lit, because, you know, I, the alcohol already has me predisposed for cancer enough, so <laughs> we didn't go that far. But Plus, I mean, you were inside and whatnot. 
Ah, we took the photo outside. Okay, okay. You know, could have been cool. Or did we take the photo? I don't even remember. No, but the failure of that one was, what was that, the replacements that Keanu Reeves was in? Mm. Um, My one buddy, Chris, and I'm going to call him out for this, because, okay, if we're making fun of people for things, making fun of Dunk for taking two helpings of Caesar salad <laughs> and not having a carb his entire time in Saskatchewan, the fucking wheat province... My buddy Chris, Keanu Reeves plays a character in, I believe, I'm going to get vilified for that. I'm going to get ripped for this on Twitter, I know, if I don't get this right. I think it's the replacements, and he's a quarterback, right? So when we were all deciding which Keanu's we would be, he's like, I'll be him from the replacements. Guy shows up in a hockey jersey. Not a football jersey. We're like, you're, he's a quarterback in the movie. That's nothing to do with hockey. You're showing up in a hockey. I'm like, I have, like seven different bomber jerseys I could have lent you. One of them is the Boise State legend Ryan Dinwiddie. But, yeah, there we go. So now we've just... I, I, we have now brought in random friends to our circle of making fun of people, so... Uh, I, I guess I really don't... I'm not really angry this week, so I don't have to, like, tell off a bunch of random parents, so... Let's just poke some fun at some people. I like this. This is way more fun than getting my blood pressure way up thinking about Saskatchewan's other team. Mm -hmm. There's You certainly could poke a lot of fun at the Riders this week after um, <clears throat> that game that they played against the Edmonton Elks. Uh, we're going to get into that. Some comments from Cody Fajardo after the game and uh, much more. But as usual, before we get to all that, John, uh, for the Pile of Bones Brewing Company, what is in the glass this week? On... Friday, I purchased a four-pack of Double White IPA, as it was cheaper than most other Double White IPAs, or Double IPAs. Really was in a mood to, you know, taste some booze in my beer. Mm -hmm. uh, they didn't survive past Saturday. So I had one of those crises where I was digging through my fridge and finding nothing but Pepsi, but lo and behold, at the back of my beer fridge, Rebellion Amber Ale. Hmm. So real, real tasty, real good. Uh, I've said lots of good things about the Amber Ale available in the mix pack at Costco. If you want to save a couple bucks and go with largely safe beers. But again, one of the best Ambers or Reds I think I've ever had. It's starting to cool down. So my palate is starting to go a little bit more towards that. Unless I <laughs> I really want to ignore a terrible rider game and have 8% <laughs> beers that go down way too smooth. Um, You know, if you're ever in a beer emergency, that Sobeys Liquor is now on Skip the Dishes. So. Look at that. Okay, okay, I feel like okay, I feel like we don't my employers would never sponsor this podcast because mm -hmm. they'd like to keep it kind of at arm's length because of yeah. the things I say. But I feel like you get enough plugs in for Sobeys that, you know, we need provincial on board, we need Sobeys on board. Let's get some gift cards in here, maybe a turkey. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if they'd go for it. <laughs> I'll turn on my salesman hat and uh, fail miserably, but I will try. So uh, for me, um, I picked up uh, a classic this weekend, uh, the Blackbridge Brewery IPA, because it has an exclamation oh, so point on the end. Um, after a day of building a shed, um, something strong and bitter just 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 hits right. That's that's that that sounds that sounds great. Um, mm. Apparently, uh, to get a donation from Sobeys, we must be a Canadian registered charity requesting under ten thousand dollars. And our event or project must directly benefit the communities where they operate. Well, we wouldn't be looking for donations, but that's that's a whole other thing. 
<laughs> no, I think that's for sponsorship too. I'm I'm, oh. I'm googling it while while being slightly envious that you have a nice that you have a very nice IPA with you. Mm-hmm. Oh, they were the official sponsor. So they're the official sponsor for MLSE teams. Hmm. So like they're used to partnering with things that constantly underperform. <laughs> <laughs> Zing! Uh, you really wanted to set me up on that one, too. Speaking of constantly underperforming, uh, the 2020-22 Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Um, before we get to them, uh, we do want to talk about something that did not underperform this oh, weekend. Absolutely. And that was it. It kind of got announced with a little bit of fanfare, and I think some people were excited for it and kind of went away for a while. And then all of a sudden... Heading into last week, they I was like, oh yeah, it's that football weekend in Saskatchewan thing. <laughs> Maybe I'm just out of the loop and kind of, you know, my life goes in a lot of different directions that I kind of forgot about it. But either way, um, it came and went. Um, the Ryder game on Friday night was what it was, and we'll get to that. Right. But by all accounts, it sounds like Saturday's affair at Mosaic Stadium was wildly successful. Oh, um, absolutely. Of course, if so, if you didn't know, the whole weekend, football weekend in Saskatchewan, consisted of the Riders playing the Elks on Friday night. So I guess you lead with the worst thing. <laughs> and then um, uh, Saturday afternoon, the Hilltops played uh, the Thunder. And the Thunder won again, just to make that clear. Just, yep, yep. Oh, and fun, fun story on that. <laughs> yeah. Fun story on that. Part of the pregame speech that was overheard... Mm-hmm. The players were saying, we're not Saskatchewan's other team. We are the team in Saskatchewan. Good for them. That's great. That's right. That's great. It's phenomenal. That's right. <laughs> I, I love it. That's the way I was talking to friends of mine today that I told them that. They're like, that's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. There shouldn't be some rogue parent going and cursing everybody out, including the Saskatoon Minor Football Facebook account, which basically got the reply of, ma'am, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> So yeah, uh, the Thunder proved to once again to be the best team in the province, and uh, maybe the PFC's one of the BFC's best team and chance at a you know national championship coming up here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, that went well, and then um, the Huskies and Rams played in a Saturday night in a rare moment where both teams are actually ranked in the top ten nationally. Yeah, and really good. Both clubs mm-hmm. are really really good, and uh, came down to a dramatic last uh, second kick win for the Huskies. And it, the games themselves are, were important, and it was great that they were, you know, good games to attend, except for the Ryder game on Friday night. And right. But what was really fun and interesting about it was it was clear that this was something that created some momentum, not just beyond, hey, these sort of regional rivals are playing each other, that the whole package deal worked. Because between uh, the Rams, between the PFC game and the U Sports game, there were... Over 9,000 people combined that went to both, which, which is, is awesome. phenomenal. About 2,200 went to uh, the Hilltops Thunder game, and uh, over 7,000 was announced at the Rams-Huskies game, which is just a phenomenal crowd for uh, that level of football in this city. So Yeah, I, I, I know that's, thinking back to my time with the Huskies, that's kind of what you'd see for, for big games at Griffith Stadium, and I can tell you the twenty the 2,000 or so, that showed up at uh, the Hilltops and Thunder. From my recollection, the only CJFL crowds I've seen that have been that big were in like national championship games. Mm-hmm. So that is just outstanding for a Saturday afternoon. Like, oh, it, it, they got 
blessed with like just a perfectly beautiful Saturday oh. as well for football. So uh, it's like the football gods were smiling on on what was a great day. It was well organized. I was surprised because same as you, I kind of I kind of forgot about it. I was so angry about the events of last week. Um, and then I spoke to several people that made a weekend out of it. It's great, yeah. Which is what the city wants and mm-hmm. what the fans want, and I hope it becomes an annual thing. I'm sure the scheduling will allow it, as as yep. you know, you're kind of the anchor tenant for all three. So it's it's great success. Tons of people going to to Mosaic and getting to see it and experience it. That from what I was and from what I was told as well. Yeah, we'll get into why more people maybe showed up. Um, I guess the uh, the the Rams Huskies game. Uh, Real wasn't anticipating the crowd, so yeah, the lines and the waits at some of the concessions were apparently uh, fairly long. That's how uh, surprised they were by the crowd that showed up to that one. Really? Yeah, that's was, yeah. That's that's what uh, that's what some people told me. Yeah. Inter- interesting. Yeah, because mm-hmm. well, I'm glad. I'm, I, mm-hmm. That's a, that's a. I mean, it, good... it's 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 not a problem you want to have, but it is no. it is an unfortunate effect of what was a great situation. Now, the question I have for you, Joel Gasson, as uh-huh. you were at the rider game yes was there more people attending the two other games on saturday or the game friday because it looked sparse on the television on uh Friday's. i mean it's always so hard to tell based on how many people are like standing around the concourse especially on the open ends right but i would say the nine thousand that went combined on saturday was probably over halfway to how many actually showed up on friday night yeah yikes like we estimated, maybe fifteen ish. We're probably actually there. I don't know. Like, there's no like the, the the team knows the actual gate that came through. They just obviously never announced it, and I don't think the actual paid attendance was ever announced either. So, which which I can I can tell you from my time of working with the Lloydminster Bobcats when there were some mm-hmm. nights that we called it Red Shirt Giveaway Night because the seats were red. Yeah. Um, the attendance doesn't get announced when it's a real bad number. Yeah. And it's interesting that it was that poor. I mean, I, I know Friday's tough for a lot of people from out of town and all that. But, I mean, for a Friday night game in September, the weather was great. And I kind of like the lights out theme. It's kind of cool. Yeah. I think it works. I think it's fun. Um, but, yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of reasons that we know why. And, uh, you know, why the Saturday games are probably a success was one of the big reasons probably, frankly, was price points. So, I mean. Mm-hmm. Which... Which again, full credit to the team. They've they've they're taking steps yep. next year to do that, and I totally understand the fact it'd be like us selling a car for somebody for thirty grand and selling it to the next guy for twenty five six months later. I understand that point, right? So I'm glad to see the team has has noticed that and has moved in that direction. But uh, yeah, I it, you'd think it'd be well attended, especially especially after Labor Day. They played so well and. They showed some signs of life, despite (laughs) pooping their pants in Winnipeg. Yeah, like, you you really thought, you know, like, a week after you had it coming out both ends, (laughs) like, literally all day, that it would be easier to play football feeling well. Yeah, yeah. And for whatever reason, apparently it wasn't. As I, I, I think it has to be safe to say that that was, to this point, the rock bottom of the Riders' season. Because it wasn't like, it's not like you can go out there and say, oh, well, you know, they lost because the Elks did this, this, and this, and they played really well or something. Like, the Elks did the Elks things that they did last time that gave the Riders a win in Edmonton. Mm -hmm. 
just this time the writers did absolutely nothing with it. And and the thing that and and rarely do we get super technical in our football talk here on this podcast. Yeah. The fact that consistently the entire night three men rushing Cody Fajardo could not be stopped by five men attempting to protect Cody Fajardo is an mm-hmm. absolute embarrassment for this team. There were times I was wondering if Chris Jones is just going to start rushing two and put another one in coverage. Like, <laughs> well, why not? I mean, yeah. I mean, now you have you almost have a you know that their offensive line. We talked about how bad they were last year. Yeah, they're approaching historical levels of shittiness this year. Mm-hmm. They have an outside like, shot. Like things have to go pretty bad, but they could, in theory, give up the second most sacks in CFL history this year. <laughs> I read that in Rob Vanstone's column, so I want to give him credit. Like some Ottawa team way back when gave up like 82 or something, and I think the Riders are in the 50s right now or something. So I mean, it would take some, it would take a lot, but they could in theory get there. They're not going to catch the number one all time, which was in the 90s somewhere or something stupid. So, right, some some team that basically everybody was paid, you know, with a sack of 20 dollar bills, and there was only three dollar three twenties in that in that sack. So, um. <laughs> It was just, I'm glad I, I didn't watch it live. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of people feel the same way, but even friends and people I'm close with and people I, and coworkers, people are angry right now. Like yeah. people are genuinely angry about this football game. I know I talked in the past about how there seemed to be a level of apathy, but man, just that showing and like you said, the Elks did Elks things. They had like nearly more penalty yards than the Riders did offensive yards for most of the game. Like yeah. they, the Elks did everything they possibly could to give the Riders that win again. Other the than Elks. of course, the perfection of our boy. Sergio. Sergio. Ice cold. I had to send him a message after that one. I hadn't messaged him since our podcast. And I'm like, dude, that was ice cold. That was awesome. I mean, like I said, yeah. when you said you're making fun of everybody on the field, you're making fun of 91 guys because we ain't we ain't bashing our boy who was ice cold on well, that game-winning y- y- kick. And here's, here's where I was at with that. So as the writers were driving, so I had written the headline in the editor on the website for Three Down Nation, the good, the bad, and the dumb of the writers' 23-17 loss to the Elks thinking the Riders weren't going to score a touchdown on that drive. Um, they did, obviously, Brendan Linius did it. They tied it up and then took the lead with the PAT. As soon as they kicked, as soon as the kickoff went the other way, I changed the headline to the good, the bad, and the dumb of the Riders' 26-24 loss to the Elks. <laughs> That's how confident I were was that, A, they were going to stop them, and B, Sergio was not going to miss. <laughs> no, because the only, th- the only thing that makes Sergio miss is the fact I honestly believe that there are magnets or something mm-hmm. in the goalposts that are attracted to leather. Because has any stadium in CFL history, even though New Mosaic's only been open for like three seconds, I can't believe the number of doinks that come out of it. Like, mm-hmm. Lowther did it. Our boy did it. Cody Fajardo did, did it a couple times. Yeah, he's done, he's done a it a few times. times. So... Yeah. Yeah, I, I I think you summed it up best when you wrote the now now what I want to know you'd written the t- the title and mm-hmm. 
I've seen you write and I know, you know, you kind of make notes and everything as we go along and you start writing the article. At what point did you write under the bad? Basically, everything was bad. Because for me, it seemed like everything. Well, I, 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 all I had was the headline in a blank slate under me. Until the game actually ended, yeah. Ah, uh, uh, see, I thought you would have, like, sometime in the second quarter, you would have been able no. to write, everything is bad. And and it's funny, I, I mentioned the anger, I mentioned the apathy, I mentioned the range of emotions. Um, You've always been up the middle. I mean, neither of us are Ryder fans. I mean, that's no surprise to anybody that listens to this podcast. We're not mm-hmm. a fan podcast, it's not what we are. Yeah. Um, You even sounded angry in the dumb part of your article. No, no. <laughs> I don't think I was angry. Right. I, I think it's just, yeah. I, I mean, the dumb is obviously, you know, us talking about silly things yeah. like doinks and, and stuff like that. But I uh, also love the line that you, uh, it, you kept Grey Cup MVP Sergio Castillo in there because, again. Yeah, I wrote that and uh, John Hodge edited it later, and I'm glad he left that line in there. So. <laughs> That's because <laughs> I think if there's anything all of us that fly under the Three Down Nation banner agree on, yeah. Sergio was the Grey Cup MVP. Well, yeah, because when he. Kicked, I believe when he kicked the go-ahead kick late in the game, that's when I tweeted. Because I, I saw, like, the GIF was, like, flooding my timeline, right? Yeah. The the Saks one, right? But, uh, yeah, I, um, so I just tweeted, that's Grey Cup MVP Sergio Castillo. When Doug looked at me and he said, you're damn right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so everyone knows it. Oh, yeah. But. I feel, I feel like we should almost, <laughs> should we get, like, Maybe it's like it's too late now, but I feel like we should have like gotten an MVP trophy made and shipped it to his house. <laughs> Maybe just like, but like just like a completely random trophy that makes no sense and put Grey Cup MVP on it. Exactly, <laughs> that's exactly it. Like we, whenever you go into a trophy store, they have some like repurposed trophies. Yeah, as I would know from buying my fantasy football trophy, which still sits on my podium. <laughs> um, I know I'm not supposed to talk about my fantasy team, but. I'm still the champion. Regardless, uh, it would have been funny to get like an old curling one or something. And send yeah. it to <laughs> right Grey Cup MVP on it. So, uh, yeah, it was. I'm glad I was able to watch that and fast forward though, because I, yeah. I I feel bad for anybody that was there. And it was and, yeah, like it it was like it was close and it came down the end, but it wasn't a well played football game. And it was the opposite of Labor Day. Yeah, uh, the complete opposite of Labor Day. And it probably, I mean, I didn't because I was in the press box, I didn't hear anything said on the broadcast. So I'm sure because it was not a well-played game, the, oh, but the defense, this is the defensive battle thing probably came up. Because it always does when it's not actually a defensive battle and it's bad football because they're trying to justify you trying to keep watching this game. So Yes. Yeah, yeah they're trying um, to sell you into it. Yeah, and I think, but I think the fans of Mosaic Stadium were certainly having none of it. And this was probably, you know, other than the loss and the fact that they've, you know, kind of kept the door open for Edmonton as sort of a, probably still a bit of a long shot for them to get in, but, but the door but is still open. They've they've kicked it wide open for Hamilton. Yeah, and then Hamilton wins the next day, so Hamilton's back in the mix of this thing a little bit. So suddenly that game next month is going to be monumental, it looks like. It's huge. Um so much so, like, everything went against the Riders' way this weekend that I clearly was convinced that Calgary and BC were going to tie so they would both gain a point. <laughs> so now, because, like, technically, yes, I know there's, like, a 99.9% chance the Riders are not going to catch either of them. But now yes. that BC won that game, the Riders still have both their games against Calgary. In theory, they can still catch them. So that was probably the better outcome for them in that scenario. So not everything went completely wrong. 
Um, just most of it. Just, just most just, of just it. Just them. Just the stuff that's actually more realistic. Just them um, somehow looking worse as a football team than when they were hooked up to IVs and yeah. literally shitting their pants against an elk squad that, like, that elk squad very much had the like we're mailing it in already because we're no we're not making the postseason vibes. Oh, like Chris Jones see. has treated the entire season like a preseason game. Which, which and, 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 does. And, yeah, and I I said it to Daryl Davis who was sitting next to me in the press box when there was early in the game he Chris Jones kicked a field goal from like the five yard line or something or the eight yard line or something stupid, and I was like, or might have been a might have been a little further back. It may have been, it was in the red zone somewhere. And I said, I'm like. You're not playing for anything this year. You've you've basically admitted this whole season's a preseason to figure out next year. Just go for it. Right. And Daryl's like, yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> that anyway, right. uh, I digress. Right. Um, so I don't think, but the fans were certainly not having any of it being a quote-unquote good defensive game. Um, it was in the, and kudos to them, voicing their opinion. Yes. In the first half, some boobirds came out. And then in the second half, after yet another sort of, three-yard pass when they needed eight for a first down. The Boobirds really came out. And it was after the game, Cody Fajardo said he was hurt by those the boos. He didn't oh. like it. I'm paraphrasing a bit, but that's essentially uh, kind of what the gist of it was. And it's not the first time something like this comes up. And, like, we, we've said it before, and I'll say it many times, and he said it himself, he's always honest, and we appreciate Cody Fajardo's 100% honesty about everything yes. at all times. Yes. Um... One of his greater attributes is the fact that he's willing to come out there and tell him, tell us what's really on his mind. And I don't, I don't fault him for saying what was really on his mind. What's troubling is that this was what was really on his mind. Is yes. that he was so hurt and bothered by it. And it's not the first time it's happened. Not necessarily in the booing capacity. I don't know how often he's actually, you know, the offense has actually been booed under his tenure. Um, but there's been times, you know, there's obviously been criticism earned or not thrown his way. And it seems to get to him. And we've talked about this before, how when it comes to that sort of side of it, you know, he, he's a little soft. He's a little mentally soft. Yes, very And much so. that's not a good attribute in a quarterback, especially in a market like Saskatchewan. Right. And to me, that remains the most troubling thing about him. And I, I don't even think he really played that poorly of a game. We've talked about, you know, the offensive line issues and... Yeah, you know, I think they're, you know, not getting the most out of all their players. Like Keon Schaefer Baker has like a two hundred yard game against BC on the inside and then they banish him back to the wide out spot where he gets four yards a game again for some reason. But anyway. Uh three three catches, nine yards. Yeah. Uh yeah, Cody only had seven incompletions, two touchdowns, yeah. no turnovers. Yeah, like he didn't play that poorly, all things considered. Oh. So I don't even know, like, sure there are some morons booing probably him specifically, but I think it was more just the scenario as a whole. Right. But then there was the interesting piece written by Brennan McGuire on 3donation.com that showed up on Sunday that compared a similar situation in 2013 when that team was damn good and the offense got booed and Darian Durant said, I don't care. Right. <laughs> and that's the attitude to have about it. So I'm not saying Cody should come out and lie and say that this doesn't bother him. Or maybe he should because maybe it'll, you know, you lie to yourself enough you can convince yourself of anything, right? It's yes. kind of a theory. So maybe he needs to. I don't know, but that's not a good approach to have to this because number one, I think the booing is earned. Number two, you shouldn't care. Like this no. is, it's, this is professional sports and these fans <laughs> have paid a lot of money to watch you perform. And it's not necessarily even about wins and losses. It's just, am I going to be entertained when I go to the football game? And for a large time now, 
this team has not been entertaining to watch. And so they voiced their displeasure on it. Right. And, and, and I, I remember when we talked about this, right. When Cody kind of first came into his own and became the starting quarterback of the riders and, and we discussed, yeah, he's soft now. This is really his first starting gig since college. And he doesn't know the pressures or anything like you're in year three, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, like if you haven't learned it by now and again, Yes, we appreciate him being honest, but even he's honest to the media, you still know that there's still a wall up there. So if that's what you're thinking, if if you're letting that, if you're letting the booing get to you on a team that is hosting the Grey Cup this November, mm-hmm. a team that had all sorts of expectations and a team that has lost three in a row and five in a row at home, mm-hmm. if you think people aren't going to boo you and you're going to let it bother you, that's a wild concern. That's that's That to me is a giant red flag right now. Mm-hmm. I could give him a pass year one, year two. You know, you're kind of settling into this spot in a passionate football market, but by now, and maybe it's you trying to fall on the sword a little bit because – you know, the offensive line, like Brett Jones ain't walking through that door. Right? If you want to fall on the sword, fall on the sword and say, you know, something along the lines of it's me. I'm it, not making yeah. my reads. I, I'm I, my knee still bugging me. Whether that, whether it's true I, or not, I, I don't know. I slept on a but... mattress on a floor at the hospital all week. Cause we just had a baby. Like, like any dad out there that's listening knows the mattress I'm talking about. I couldn't. I could barely get up and go do my radio job. Never mind be a professional athlete after that mattress, right? So, again, there's there's a lot of things. You're right. He could have said and to come out and say it, and it's just it, and the thing that bothers me is is just looking back at this, and so many people are trying to force this. Cody is as good as Darian Durant narrative, and I just you hear it on the Colin shows. Mm-hmm. You hear it during the week. You hear it in the post-game shows. You hear it every... He's not. No. He can't carry Durant's jockstrap, and I am sorry. You had something great in Durant and never mm-hmm. appreciated it, and the mental fortitude of a guy like Durant that knew the moment, that took the team on their back, that, oh, I got booed. Yeah, whatever. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what you need as a quarterback. You need a little bit of that fake it till you make it sometimes. Maybe, you know what? Darian might have been bothered by it. He very well could have been. Yeah, D- but- Darian. Darian was very good at, at knowing what to say. Mm-hmm. Was he always one hundred percent truthful? Probably not. No. But he he was the guy. He knew what to say. Exactly, and he had <clears throat> thick skin, and he was just so good, so yeah. good for so many years that this narrative that Cody is is anywhere close to what Darian was like. Cody is a serviceable starting quarterback in the CFL that and that's all he's going to be. He's going to be good. He is essentially I I and like for the record, I believe he remains the best option for this team. A million percent. By yes. no means am I saying he should be cut or traded or benched or anything like that. He is the starting quarterback of this team as he should be. He gives them the best opportunity to win football games. Just this is a very concerning sort of asterisk you know, flaw, whatever you want to call it against him. Everything else we can work on. Yes. Everything yeah, you, else, you, you know, the, you know, the fundamentals of football and, you know, trying to get him to do this or that and the other thing can be worked on. 
and this can to a degree as well. I don't know if the team has any sort of you know connection, you know, the right people in charge or the right building people. You know, you know what I'm trying to say. Like I don't know if they have the you know the personnel to really help him mentally, but right. that's that's what he needs more than anything right now. Right. So and that's and, and you're absolutely bang on with that. The guy needs the guy's confidence is shaken despite how like, frankly the, the the biggest thing that concerns me is he's been real good even though they've lost he's been real good for 3 4 weeks now mm-hmm. like it's just you ran into you were so close against he was so good in labor against the bombers mm-hmm. and behind five guys who were literally getting hooked up to ivs at every chance they could get he was so good against against the bombers for large stretches of that game in winnipeg so you're coming off a, a, a spot where you should have all the confidence in the world. Yeah. He's looked like one of the he last three, four weeks, he's looked like one of the better starting quarterbacks in the CFL. And for him to come out and say, Well, that bothers me. You're right. It's 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 concerning. And it's making me look like my Cornelius over Fajardo thing <laughs> might be the last thing I haven't Fraser cursed. Yeah. Now watch Cornelius yeah. cut open an avocado and slice his hand in two tomorrow. I mean, at least he wouldn't have gotten the lettuce. 